Hello and welcome back to IT Varsity Tech Watch. I'm your host Bilal Katrada and I'm your co-host Masihullah Katrada. Now in the last episode we spoke about technology and children. And I think we established the in that episode that in today's day and age in this technologically driven age in this digital age that we are living in it's impossible to keep technology away from children and children away from technology. It's not just impossible but it's also unintuitive it's not in the children's best interest to keep them completely in the dark as far as technology goes and there's a number of reasons one of the reasons that we explored was in the world of work no matter what business you're in no matter what profession you're in in some way or the other technology is affecting your work and even if you're not using technology at work you're using technology just about everywhere else i mean just think about it just a few years ago it was impossible to think that you could book a flight on your phone but yet today you can book the flight you can pay for the flight when you arrive at the airport you don't need a ticket you don't need even a boarding pass you simply scan the barcode off your screen into the little barcode scanners and you go in you flash your screen to the uh the officials both in the airport as well as inside the plane and you flying to any part of the world that's how technology is has progressed now in in this day and age if again if it's not in your professional life in your personal life technology has become integral it's become part and parcel so how can we ever do without it now when it comes to kids in particular we need to we need to prepare them for the future whether it's work or personal or whether they're using it for disseminating knowledge whether they're using it for inviting people towards good they need to find opportunities in technology but having said that i do admit that there are some negative aspects there is firstly the outright evil that's going on on the internet there's a whole a host of absolutely uh, haram things that are going on but at the same time there's a whole lot of things that are not outright haram that are not outright evil but because of overindulgence they may cause harm to the kids for example sending a whatsapp message there's nothing wrong with that using whatsapp is nothing wrong but if you spend hours upon hours and upon hours of constructive time just wasted on whatsapp then that becomes in its own right something something bad because it's keeping you away from constructive work that you could have used or constructive a uh, time that you could have used doing constructive work now in that sense things that are otherwise good become negative overindulgence a uh, an obsessive nature um, uh, you know getting addicted to technology that's bad that's terrible and the worst part about that is that it goes largely unnoticed because people don't see it as being outright evil or outright bad or outright dirty or outright haram it's it's something normal but people become addicted to it and their time goes away and then they start experimenting with all sorts of wrong things when it comes to even the good aspects of technology okay so what do we do what is the solution 
how do we draw the line between kids not using technology at all, between keeping them in the dark, and kids being allowed to use technology, but being allowed to use it responsibly? Where do we draw the line? What solution is there for parents? Because I speak to countless parents who have the exact same dilemma and they ask me the same question over and over. How much time is enough with technology? Should I let my child use technology or not? And if I do, how much time? Now, the solution lies in a partnership between the parents and the schools. Parents, schools, community. We work together as a team, as a partnership to keep our children in the loop to educate them about what's the best out of technology, what's the good, what's the evil, and how do you make the most of what's good out there and how do you stay away from from evil. Now, it has to be a partnership and it's important, it's critical that schools embrace technology. There just isn't any other way because no one is in a better position to guide both children and parents as to how technology uh, needs to be used. And schools have yet another advantage. They can use technology directly in education. They can show the kids firsthand, this is how it's done. This is how you use technology to educate yourself. So if schools learn to adopt technology and apply it in the classroom, that's a first-hand cue for children that technology can be used for good. Maybe kids just pass time with technology, just watching YouTube videos, playing video games, chatting social media, because they don't know of any constructive things that they could do with technology. And if this is made available to them in the classroom, if they are guided in the classroom, then they will see that they are things that we can do with technology that are constructive. Then comes the other aspect of it, from a child's perspective. Now, think about the life that a typical child faces nowadays. These children are human beings that are born into an age of technology. They don't know a life without cell phones and internet and video games and technology. They don't know a life without all this excitement, this flashes of color and and sound effects and uh, and 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 special screen effects for them that's what life is now in the in the words of uh, uh, sir ken robinson a famous uh, author and speaker in in the education field he says if you take the life of a normal child if you study the life of a normal any normal child you'll see there's so much of action so much of activity their brains are so fast thanks to technology now we take the same children from that highly hyper-stimulated environment and we put them in the classroom and expect them to sit there and pay attention to the teacher and to do, in his words, clerical work the whole day. And then when the kids fail to do this and when they become jumpy and they become bored and they become irritable, then we we say they have ADHD. Trust me, most of the kids don't have ADHD. They just have hyper-stimulated brains that are looking for something to do that's engaging and exciting. They bored in class. And I'm not saying that any one, any given uh, teacher's class is boring. I used to be a teacher. I taught maths and physics up to uh, matric level. I taught even at university level. 
kids these days, you think by the time they reach university age, they are now much more mature. It's not the case. You still need to engage them in the classroom somehow or the other. You still have to make it exciting for them. And what better way than to use technology? And I've used technology very successfully in in most of my classes. In fact, some of my students would come back and say, you know, we did an entire degree just by watching YouTube videos. All the lessons were there. So I used to encourage my students to go and to study online, to look for resources online to educate themselves. So now the big question is, we know that schools have to be a part of the technology implementation in the life of of children. We know they have to be partners with parents to bring technology in its most positive ways into the lives of, of our kids, to teach them to use it uh, responsibly. But the question is, how do schools implement technology? Because most schools that I speak to and consult, they themselves are not always in the loop about how to bring technology into the classroom. Some have tried, some have failed, some don't even know where to start. So where does one actually start? Now let me tell you where not to start. There was an article that came out about two weeks ago that the government is now planning to overhaul the education system by incorporating technology. Now a person like myself, being an educational technologist, I was overjoyed because, I mean, here was the government talking about transforming education in this country. And I know one of the biggest problems we face in South Africa is education. We are in crisis mode as far as education goes. So I saw this as a, a, as a positive, but then my heart sank. As I read more and more of that article, my heart sank. What did I see? The government's idea of digital transformation in the classroom was just giving tablets to kids at schools. Now, the numbers are absolutely mind-boggling and the cost. And the only thing that popped in my head after reading this article was that this is a massive mistake. You don't just give people tablets and phones and gadgets and devices without a strategic plan. Otherwise, things are going to go haywire. In the best case scenario, those those uh, tablets will be just sitting in somebody's cupboard somewhere. And worst case scenario, these kids are going to use it for all kinds of wrong things. And in between all that, you're going to get situations where tablets are getting stolen or damaged or dropped or mislaid. And the end result will be nothing more than a massive mistake. Now, how many tablets is the government planning to roll out, Masila? What, what's, what sort of numbers are we looking at? So the planned rollout is to distribute these tablets to 23,000 schools across South Africa. Uh, and this will be targeting both primary and high school students. Um, to get a better understanding of the number, we can round off um, the number of students per school to about 1,000. That gives you 23 million learners. So 23 million learners across 23,000 schools. Have I got that right? Correct. That's correct. That means 23 million tablets. Now, keep in mind that a decent Android tablet, uh, we're talking not something as low as, 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 a, as a 600 Android tablet. We're going to go a little bit higher, something that can at least be used for learning to view textbooks. 
we're talking about 2000 rand for a decent tablet i still think that's a bit on the cheap side but i see where you're going with that if you do the math that brings the total cost of the tablet rollout to 46 billion rands wait billion with a b billion with a b that's amazing 46 billion rands correct and that is not even including the infrastructure that is just the tablet so we didn't even talk about wifi we didn't talk about software we didn't talk about shipping none of that this is just the price of the tablets of course and then there's e content e textbooks that's correct and and the thing is that there's no mention of of any of that in the works um at this time now i would say that uh, adding that all in that number could easily double and uh, then we're looking at something what like 90 billion rands without a strategic plan as far as how these tablets are going to be actually used in the classroom how is it going to be used to improve education it's never going to do it on its own technology doesn't just make lives better and this is what i keep saying to people you don't buy the technology and then decide what to do with it i mean think about this right consider this no one in the world will go to a store buy an expensive tablet pc bring it home and then decide what am i going to do with this you never buy anything with that intention or just because you happen to be driving by a takeaway so you went in and you bought yourself a burger if you were not hungry and now you're deciding what am i going to do with this that's insanity what you will normally do is you'd first find a need you're either hungry then you go and buy something to eat or you have a certain need at home or in your business and then you'd go and buy a computer or a device that would fulfill that need now these types of mistakes are not unheard of others have tried crazy things like this and they've made huge mistakes one such uh, a mistake took place in the most unlikely place and that's in los angeles in the united states so masila tell us about that what happened what exactly happened there in 2013 the los angeles unified school district had a similar idea they wanted to give a tablet to uh, they wanted to give an ipad to every student in la now they had a massive budget they had massive partners yet it still failed they had a budget of 1.3 billion dollars for equipment software and wifi upgrades 1.3 billion is a lot of money it is but um it's still cheaper than what the cost of the sa tablets will cost if they were converted to to dollars um if you convert 46 billion rands to dollars it comes to about 3.3 billion dollars um and that's just our calculation for the tablets now when the los angeles unified school district set out of this plan they had two massive partners on board with them one was pearson which is one of the world's largest education publica- publish uh, publication companies they um they had the job of creating the content for the tablets they were going to create a curriculum and they were going to create an an app for the teachers and the students to work with and the second partnership was apple the world's biggest tech company they were of course going to supply the tablets now despite these giants on board this still failed there were many many problems with this rollout 
uh, it was at the end of the day just a massive waste of money. And many critics who who talked about this felt that the project was a too expensive, and b that it was rushed. I I agree. I think it was it was rushed, and uh, not just that, but they also didn't have a strategic phase by phase rollout plan. The best way to do anything is to roll it out gradually. That's actually one of the teachings of Sharia. Start small. In fact, it's a word. One of the, the words of one of the hadith of Rasulullah that the best of actions is the one that's less and done consistently. So you start with a little, you do it consistently, and then you add more as you go along. So this uh, phenomenal uh, failure on the part of uh, the Los Angeles United School District, Apple and Pearson, I mean, giant partners, but it still failed. Again, no strategic plan. And based on experiences like this, I can say with certainty that if we don't step in and say to the government and say to our our departments of education that let's do this, but let's do this with a strategic plan in mind, then we will see success. Otherwise, we're going to spend 46 billion rands or 90 billion rands or whatever. Look, between between where we are now and getting our kids to a point where they need to be as far as education is concerned, even if you have to spend $100 billion, it's cheap because the impact that it's going to have on our society and our our economy over the next few decades is going to be phenomenal. We need to fix education and we are with, uh, with the government as far as education goes, as far as fixing education goes, but it needs to be done strategically. So the question arises now, that what is a strategic approach? If if I'm teaching at a school or if I'm running a school, how do I start with technology? Answer is very simple. Again, phase by phase approach. Phase one, start with what you what you have on hand. Don't spend money on expensive gadgets, on expensive infrastructure. Let that come later when, when you found your footing and when you're more confident. So start with what, with, with what you have. And today, especially if you're looking at a high school scenario, but also in a, in a primary school scenario, nearly everyone has a cell phone. Now we'd say, no, nah, but there are people in the disadvantaged areas that don't have cell phones. Trust me, I've done work in even rural schools, and you will be shocked that these kids have cell phones, smartphones, not just, uh, you know, uh, those old Nokia-type feature phones. They have smartphones. Why? Because smartphones are gone cheap, and you can buy it on account at, at, at any store. Four or five hundred rands, you're getting a decent entry-level Android phone. So these kids have those. Okay, so how do we start with that? We allow our kids to use, to bring the cell phone to school for one day, and we let them work with those. What sort of work? I'll give you an example. There is a teacher who's working with us now that is recording her lessons using audio. So she's an English teacher. She's recording her literacy lessons and she's reading from her books and doing explanations to those kids and she's sending those recordings to her kids' cell phones. She's recording using her cell phone and she's sending it to the the kids via WhatsApp. See, that's a start. If your school has Wi-Fi, the teacher could say for that day, kids, we're going to make the lesson exciting today. 
uh, we're going to watch this video. Obviously, the teacher is going to screen that video and make sure that it's uh, it's appropriate for the kids and they watch that video. Next, after you've graduated from there and you're comfortable with that, you start a WhatsApp group, for example. Now, a lot of parents call me at, in the evenings or they WhatsApp me and they say, well, look, we, we're doing this multiplication sum or we're doing that example and we don't know how to do this. How nice if they could contact the, par- the, the teacher. So the teacher could start a WhatsApp group and designate an hour every evening to say, uh, I'm open for questions and answers daily from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock. If you have any questions, I'm taking your questions and I will answer. So parents and kids, while doing their homework, they can uh, contact the, the teacher via WhatsApp messaging. No phone calls, just WhatsApp messaging, and then the teacher could respond. Taking it another step up now. The next phase, if you can afford it, if your school can afford it, get a laptop and a projector. Now, you're not teaching using the whiteboard anymore. You're teaching using your projector. You're making little PowerPoint slides and you're teaching your kids via PowerPoint slides. Once the lesson is over, send the PowerPoint slides, convert them into PDF and send them off to your your kids via WhatsApp, email or whatever means you have. And then they can make a compilation of those. And in this way, just starting off like this, you can graduate from one phase to another to another. There's no time to get into the details of it, but I run detailed presentations and workshops to to schools at no cost, just showing them how they can implement technology into uh, learning. So this is a wrap for today's episode. It's one of my passions personally to see kids using technology in a responsible way and growing up as adults, finding golden opportunities for business, for learning, for serving their, their, their dean using technology. And I think it can be done. I am confident it can be done, but they need guidance. And we as adults, as parents and teachers combined, we need to give them that guidance. All right, so that's a wrap uh, for today. And uh, we hope that our listeners enjoyed this episode and learned a lot from it. And we hope to catch up with you next time.